God bless you. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. I'll read two portions of Scripture. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and after the pattern of all the furnishings thereof, even so shall you make it. In other words, I've given you the blueprint. I've given you the instructions, how big, what, what, what uh, ornaments on the outside, what's to be on the inside. I've given you all the information necessary. And now I want you to build or I want you to take what I put in your mind and I want you to make it visible. Isn't it an amazing thing when God makes your vision come to reality? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But oh, when faith becomes tangible. Can you imagine Mary walking around pregnant with the Christ child for nine months? Waiting with anticipation like we, that our parents understand what it's like to wait through the process. There's growth going on. There's, there's nutrients being passed from the mother to the baby. But all the day, when that which you have longed for is now in your hands, I just feel a little Holy Ghost to tell somebody it's about to happen. The thing you've been... I'm trying to get started today, but I feel preaching the house. And, and, but the thing that you've been praying for, the thing you've been desiring, it's about to come to pass. Your faith is going to become tangible. I know Paul said to the Corinthian church, Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath. Notice he said, hath. It's not he's preparing. He was doing that in John 14. But he hath prepared for them that love him. Some of you are about to touch the half. Mm -hmm. So you build it according to the pattern that I showed you. Verse number 40. The conversation continues, and he said, And see, observe, pay careful attention. Can I tell somebody to pay careful attention to what God's trying to do in your life right now? Mm. The prophet said, Despise not the day of small things. Some of you, are, it's hard to get excited because it's, it's baby steps right now. It's, it's little things right now. You're wanting the grand finale. But Paul said, if you'll suffer with him, you shall reign with him. If, just touch your neighbor and say, if you can endure the process. Just tell him, say, if you can endure the process, if you can endure the process. Abraham received after he had patiently endured. The promise is in the bank. The promise is yea and amen. 
Can you endure the process? Pay attention. See that thou make them after the pattern which was shown thee in the mount. The writer of Hebrews said in 8 and 5 that these serve as a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was warned when he was about to complete the tabernacle God said be careful that you make everything according to the pattern that was showed you in the mountain. Our, our lesson today, our series sermon today is Continuation of Habits. How many enjoying the series Habits? You that have been here, have you enjoyed the series Habits? And I want to talk to you today in this series called The Habits that it's all about the pattern. Einstein said the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing expecting different results. It's all in the pattern. If you keep doing what you've always done, you will keep getting what you've always gotten because it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Now, I've told you before, I was raised with five sisters. Uh, even our dog was a female. Unlike today where most of us, we visit the local store and we buy buy our clothes, my mom, my sisters, they all sewed. Some of you will remember that, they, they sewed. They, they would go down and buy that glorious uh, double knit and polyester. So we buy what's current today and throw away what is going out of style only a few years later to do it all over again because it's a pattern. But I remember my sisters and my mom, they, they, they sewed a lot, and, and so uh, there was a lot of what they called patterns. And what the pattern was, it was uh, a thin type of paper, and it, it, was, it had lines around it, and they would take it and pin it to the material with straight pins, and then they would take scissors and cut around the pattern. And then they would take that piece and match it to A to A and they would take that and put a seam and before you knew it, they had a garment. They followed the pattern. We talked last week from Genesis chapter 26 about Isaac who was in the midst of a famine but in even in the midst of a famine he had a pattern and so the Bible tells us that in the midst of a famine he sowed seed and if you will remember just a little bit of uh, repetition because repetition is the father of learning you will remember that God blessed his pattern. There is a reason that God blesses patterns. 
Because God is bound by a pattern. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The psalmist would say, Thy Word is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall never pass away. When you got up today, if you were up early enough to see the eastern horizon, it was one of the most gorgeous sunrises I think I have ever seen. It was absolutely breathtaking. But it was a pattern. Because by the Word of God, the sun comes up every morning. The book of Hebrews said, that even creation is held in store by the Word of God. When Jesus in His humanity, God in His human form, was tempted of the devil in Matthew chapter 4, the enemy, the devil, comes to Him and says to Him, you're hungry. Now Jesus had just come off of a 40-day fast also. And so He hits Him at His weakest point the enemy will always attack us at our weakest point he is very diligent that's why Peter warns us for us to be vigilant and sober not being deceived by his tactics because he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but then Paul would tell us that we're not ignorant of his devices but he will attack us at our weakest point and so Jesus having been without food for 40 days he comes to him and says if you be who you say you are command this stone to be turned into bread now I have to tell you I was about to gnaw on magazine ads this week I mean, I walk in the house one day, I'd been out and I come to, back to the home and my wife has, of all things, the food channel on. Come on, there are just some things you don't do when you're fasting. Had some, some gentlemen here from Team Challenge and I went over to get them a drink. Uh, we were working around here at the church. And, but I walked in stripes and I was going to pick up them a drink. And, and I walked by and they've got these corn dogs <laughs> and burritos and a girl's flipping hamburgers on the grill. And I'm going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You said you'd put no more on us than we can bear. And I made it out safe. I mean, I could have sucked the corn dog right off the stick. It'd been just like, it's gone. So Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. And, and don't you imagine, the Bible said afterward he hungered. And so the enemy says to him, command these stones to be turned into bread. Jesus uses the scripture that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But there's a principle here that sometimes we overlook. 
because Jesus is bound to the Word of God. It is impossible to take a stone and change the vehicular structure of it and make it bread. Jesus understood the laws of sowing and reaping. It's a pattern. I'm going to let you digest that for just a moment. Now, we see him in John chapter 6 where he takes a couple loaves and, and five fishes and he blesses the bread, breaks the bread, and is distributed and feeds 5,000 people. What is the difference? He already had bread. Some of us are wanting God to take some stones in our life and convert them to something He cannot convert them to because of the law of sowing and reaping. He's bound to the pattern. <laughs> oh man, I, I want you to get that. I, I know I'm labor, uh, laborious on the point here, but you need to get that. He cannot take something and change its molecules and its structure now he can take what you're doing see one of the problems I think with the modern day church is we think God is a casino I think I think we've got an idea that God is is you know he's kind of like the casino owner and we'll throw in a few chips pull the handle and boom jackpot And God is saying, I can't bless what you're not doing. The reason God could bless Isaac's seed is because he sowed it. You can never complain about unsowed seed. God, I want to preach this morning. You can never charge God with fully with folly for seed that is laying dormant. God can only bless it when it's put in the ground. And when he puts it in the ground, the Bible said God blessed it and it brought forth a hundred times what he sowed. Can I remind you from the book of Galatians, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that, oh, come on, everybody. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Be not deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's all in the pattern. See, one of the problems is too many people are trying to exclude in the New Testament what God establishes as a pattern in the Old. I just kind of blindsided you that with that one. God is a God of principle. God is a God of order. The law was fulfilled in Christ. It was not excused. 
You, you have all these people say, well, I'm not under the law. True. But it was the law that brought us to Christ. Galatians chapter 3 says, it is the schoolmaster. It's the textbook. God, can I preach a little bit today? It's the textbook. And while we want to cut out pages of the Old Testament, because that's law, that's law, that's law. No, it's a pattern. We're wanting to God to bless patterns that he did not ordain. Because the modern day church has adopted patterns that God never introduced and we wonder why we're not seeing people delivered and we wonder why we're not seeing miracles and we wonder why we're not seeing signs. We want to pray a dime store prayer and get a million dollar miracle. It's in the pattern. The pattern. We look at Abraham and we shout, man, I'm a child of Abraham. Remember the old Sunday school children's ministry song, Father Abraham, what did I knock over? Thank you. Father Abraham had many sons. How many sons had Father Abraham? I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the right hand. I've seen some of you. Abraham was called the friend of God. How did Abraham become the friend of God? Through faith. The Bible said that Abraham's faith was counted unto him for righteousness. But Abraham also put some principles in his life. He was a sacrificer. Oh God, don't say that word in church today. Abraham knew how to sacrifice to God. In other words, he was an altar builder. You know, if you want to give pastor a heart attack, just, just, just say, you know what, pastor? We're, we're going to start praying. We're going to start reading our Bible. We're going to start being faithful in our finances. We're going to start living like God wants us to live. Man, I'd be like, here I come, Elizabeth. Come in here on a Sunday morning, and the praise team does not have to work you into a frenzy or try to. But I can give you a principle. When people begin to worship, praise is the fertile ground for the miraculous. See, we're not just trying to work you up and be cheerleaders and say, come on, lift your hands and, and, and open your mouth. No, 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 no. We have an understanding that if we will praise the Lord, it, is an, it creates an environment for the miraculous. We understand that if people would begin to praise the Lord, people that walk in here afflicted can be set free. People that walk in here sick 
can be healed. People that walk in here bound can be delivered. People that walk in here crippled spiritually can walk out of here in the liberty of the Holy Ghost. If we'll praise Him. We're not trying to manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do. We're trying to lead you. Because if we praise Him, when we praise Him, the vapor goes up and the glory comes down. Job gave us a principle. He said, it's like the rain. He said, the vapor goes up. It's, it's evaporated off the surface of the earth. And as it gathers together, whew, I know we don't see a lot of them, but out here you'll begin to see the dark sky coming out of the southwestern area of Texas. And it gets deeper and you'll see the, the, the storm clouds. You'll see the thunderheads as they come over the horizon. What is it? It's the vapor has gone up and the rain is about to come down. Ladies and gentlemen, if we will praise Him, the glory's coming down. If we'll worship Him, the glory's coming down. If we'll worship Him, chains are going to fall off. If we'll worship Him, oh, glory, glory, glory. If we'll worship Him, it's a principle. It's a pattern. If you want different results, you got to change the pattern. Some of you are wondering why you're so angry. It's a pattern. Some of you wonder why you keep pushing people away and you won't let anybody get near you. It's a pattern. Some of you are blaming haters and it's not haters. Some of you are blaming other people and it's not other people. Well, they just hate me. They just don't know. You're, you push everybody that comes into your life away. You're mean to people. You say things. It's, it's just a pattern you, you've developed in your life. And people try to get close to you, want to get to know you, but you won't let them close to you because you've developed a pattern. And then you complain because you don't have any friends. And Solomon would knock that in the head by saying, if you're going to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. Change the pattern. You envy people that have retirement, but they put a pattern in their... You envy people that are living like blessed. And back in the, I don't have time to go there, but, but back in the 26th chapter of the book of Genesis, when he planted seed, God blessed it. God can never bless something you don't do. And so you read on deeper in the 26th chapter, the Bible said that they became envious. Some people will be envious of you because you have a pattern in your life. Too many people living helter-skelter living, living helter and then wondering why nothing works. 
You fly by the seat of your britches and wonder why nothing works. Let's go on in the book of Galatians. He that soweth to the wind. He that soweth to the wind will reap the whirlwind. Because it doesn't matter what you sow, the harvest is always bigger. Oh, Chris, I wish I had time to really work this over today. What we sow always comes back multiplied. So you sow to the wind, you of the wind reap the whirlwind. Sow to the flesh, you of the flesh reap corruption. And so, in the 26th chapter, I guess I'm going to have to finish this next week because I'm already on overtime. And we don't want the tacos to get cold, okay? Oh, Jesus. Why do I have to remind myself? But the Bible said that the Philistines become envious of him and ask him to leave. And it was all because of a pattern. Now, let, let me bring this all to a close. God said to Moses, he said, when you build my tabernacle, this is going to get good. You ready? I'm going to close it all up because this is going to get good right here. I mean, you've already had the appetizer. You already had the entree. And now they're about to bring some chocolate-infused bread pudding. He said, you build it according to the pattern that I showed you. Because it, what, is, what you will see in the physical will be the divine replica in the spirit. Uh, you got all kinds of people that are arguing about salvation. Let me just talk to you about salvation today. It's a pattern. It did not start on the day of Pentecost. It started before the foundation of the world. Because we were found in him, according to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, before the foundation of the world. And he little by little by little would show us in an unfolding drama of redemption how he would deal with humanity. And so the very first picture we get in the Bible is heaven. You say, really, Pastor? Really? God planted a garden, and he put Eve and Adam in the garden. It was paradise. He wanted to show us what we would have before he showed us the demise and the stain of sin. What hope would there be if we're introduced to Adam and Eve in a fallen condition? He wanted to show us. He wanted us to see this is what happens. This is what's going to take place. You go through the dying process because sin was passed according to Romans chapter 5 from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. But Jesus breaks the cycle and said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. 
So he said, I want to show you a pattern. I want to show you a pattern. So he goes from heaven. He shows us the end of all things. He shows us the end of all things through the destruction of the flood, the annihilation of the wicked, the saving of the righteous. And then he lays out the plan. And he said, there was a man by the name of Abram who dwelled in the, Ur, in the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And he said, I had an encounter with him, and Abraham believed me. Because the only way you get out of your sin and unrighteousness is to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then he goes from, from faith to bondage in Egypt to deliverance to the promised land. And when they get on the journey to the promised land, God says, hey, Moses, I want to have a conversation with you. And so the Bible said that Moses went to the top of the mountain. And there he was with God for 40 days. Most generally, we get sidetracked as Moses coming out with the tablets of stone. Because everybody is so afraid of the law. The law, the law, the law, the law, the law. Even that Jesus reduced to two sentences. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. You fulfilled all the ten. I said even the Ten Commandments, he fulfilled it and gave us two sentences. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. <laughs> but under his other arm, he had a scroll, he had a plan for a tabernacle. My God. And he said, there's three parts to the tabernacle. You have the outer court, which has the altar and the laver. You have the holy place, and you have the holiest of holies. I want you to pay attention to this because John the Baptist is going to come along as the one who would transitioned them from law to grace and would say, hey, I want to tell you about one that is coming whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> Ushering in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Old Testament plan, New Testament obedience. <sighs> Repentance is dying, baptism is burial, and Holy Ghost is resurrection. Pastor, what are you trying to say today? 
I'm trying to tell you it's a pattern. What I'm trying to preach to this congregation in this series called Habits is you got to get the pattern right. If you get the pattern right, the destination's going to be right. 